Would you like to learn a new language? We. Oui. <laughs> See what we? I did? Oh. No, I said we oui, like French. Oh, okay. We, 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 we. I have ever since I've seen Pepe Le Pew and his way with women. I thought I want to learn a new language. You know what? I I do have a because uh, I'm a, I, I do voices and stuff. I do like yeah. the sound of of a French language. Yeah, you're good at faking a language. I just do gibberish, but I want to actually learn. And that's, mm -hmm. I'm going to introduce you in the world to Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. Yes, I've heard about this and talked about it for a long time. It's the trusted expert for 30 years. They have millions of users, 25 languages offered. So I think that pretty much covers the globe. You've got yeah. your Spanish, your French, mm -hmm. you were just talking about, Korean, Dutch, Arabic. Fast language acquisition. It, 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 there's no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. That's the hard part, I think. That's it. And it's an intuitive process. You pick mm -hmm. up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's all designed for long-term retention, which is great because I took Spanish for 12 years and all I know is how to find a library. Yes, Donde, I know. Donde está la biblioteca. So this one, really, really, you retain it. I learned German and I know hast du Zweister now abra. No, hast du Bruder now. Nein, abra cabra Zweister. That means, have, do you have a brother? No, I have, but I have three sisters. I took German for seven years, and all I remember is Gesundheit. <laughs> what does that mean? That means bless you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> someone sneezes. Gesundheit. Rosetta Stone, that's not going to happen. Another thing I love is they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. That's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Very important to being understood in a foreign country is to do it in kind of the rhythm of the way that language is speak. Right. You don't, you don't look like some clown. Desktop and <laughs> app options, audio companion, ability to download lessons offline. Mm -hmm. By the way, the Lifetime membership has all 25 languages. For any and all trips and language needs in your life, mm -hmm. that's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. What are we waiting for? It's a steal. What is going on? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time. Fly in the Wall listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Oh, yeah. Visit rosettastone.com slash fly. That's 50. That's like the highest I've heard of. 50% mm -hmm. off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash fly today. So, Dana, when I was on the road and people, have you ever been to, to a CVS or something and, and my bill was like four ninety six, and they go, round up for Ukraine? And then everyone in their line was like this, what? <laughs> is he rounding up for Ukraine? I go, oh, rounding up for Ukraine? Oh, yeah, that's they, funny. I didn't even hear it. <laughs> round up for Ukraine? They just say it like that. And I go, oh. And then I go, I guess. And I go, no. And then the whole line freezes. 
David Spade doesn't round up for Ukraine. I go, well, where is it going? You're taking my four cents in like a fanny pack in the Ukraine. You throw it over the wall. I mean, I don't know. I know what's I'm happening. buying an avocado. It used to be like, would you like to? <laughs> would you like to help the children? I'm like, well, how are you supposed to answer that? I know. Uh, not today. You hate kids. Why okay. do they need so much help? I mean, honestly, today I don't think so. So you know, you want to Ukraine it up, I and you don't, don't know what's going on, and you don't know where it's going, and I want to ask questions, and I'm, this is just my two cents. Really, it was four cents, but they go so no rounding up for Ukraine. I'm like, well, I like Ukraine. Everyone's like, psst, psst, doesn't like Ukraine. Psst, psst, wants Russia to win. And I go, no, no, I'm just saying four cents. I'm rounding up, but is the, where does it go? I want no, to follow they're always it. trying to hit you at grocery stores. I remember giving nickel for Mr. Pickle and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even know what it meant. I go, who's Mr. Pickle? I'm just trying to buy an avocado. I always give a nickel for Mr. Give Pickle. Give a nickel just, and touch my pickle. Yeah, People yeah. Go, nah. Give uh-huh. a dollar. Uh, give a dollar. Let's all holler. Remember that one? Yeah, that was I mean, out there's there for so a many point bit. of purchase things. You just sort of go, do you want to donate? And you're right. You're just not sure where the money's going. Molly Shannon is. Um, the thing about Molly wealthy. Shannon, S H A, I thought it was one end for about 20 years, but it's two ends. Why would it be one? I just, just fancy talk. I'm just spitballing. Jeez, good luck on Wheel <laughs> of Fortune. Molly Shannon has one. a cool name. Let's put it that way. And she has a, a bestseller book out. Hello, Molly. Molly's one of the loveliest people to talk to. And she's so interesting. You know, she was at Norm's uh, memorial recently and Mm -hmm. uh, she spoke. Very articulate, very interesting the way she puts things. She's not always like diving for the jokes like me. She's she's not so thirsty like that. She's just very thought out, very authentic person. Yeah, she has a dry, funny sense of humor. When I've run into her over the years, but instantly laughing. Because yeah. I remember telling her once, she hadn't seen her in years. I go, should we try to get famous again? And she immediately thought she that was funny. laughing. Yeah, she's the a, idea of trying to get famous. But good audience. She's and so a talented that yeah. she's always working. And she's in our friend Manessa Bayer's show. And the title Which of that is good is, on Showtime. Yeah. What's the title of it's? It's one it's of those. Called, it's kind of a condescending title. I love that for you. I love that for you. Yeah. Or, it, yeah. So, Molly Shannon is um, obviously one of the all-time great performers. Yeah. Superstar. And got a movie with a character. Mm-hmm. Her cheerleader character. One of the SNL movies. A brilliant physical comic. She used to throw herself around on that show. Yeah. She was doing Smash like Farley-like maneuvers. She was really, she really like was. hurting herself. Steel yeah. chairs, not fake ones. Like steel folding chairs. Yeah. She I would mean, dive into them. Yeah. Lauren would swing a bat at her just for practice on 8-H. I'll just go higher, go lower, and she would dodge it. You know those drills they used to do? You won't catch Spade diving in anything but styrofoam. I won't even do that. I don't do anything. I broke my ankle on a movie, and I broke my shoulder on Saturday Night Live. Grade three separation, actually, and it still hurts. All right, I got to <laughs> All right, guys, here it is, Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon, Enjoy. That's amazing. This is such a great idea. Congratulations, guys. I Thank love you, Molly. This. And, um, you know, really... Molly, uh, yes. a bunch of high school friends and I chipped in and we bought a Bitcoin. So I'll let you know how that goes. Okay, great. I, I, I really like how we're very quiet. Up. Yes. Very I have quiet. a card. You thing. know, I like when people talk this way. Like sometimes if it I, if I, I up, like if a, if a fan comes up and is like, I just wanted to say that, you know, <laughs> I'm like, uh, I feel so <laughs> relaxed by your voice. So I'll keep talking to them if I like the voice. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that I you. I think I relate that to you because maybe you talk like that in sketch. There's something, or maybe we've talked NPR, about NPR. That's where you well, did no, we've it. Talk, oh. we've, I've talked about this in interviews, but I actually have something yes. called ASMR for real, which is like a type of response to certain voices where you right. feel really relaxed. So, that's and it's what it not. Is. It, it, it's it's real. I've had yeah. it since I was a kid. So, store the game that we used to play, David, is kind of based on that, but it is really real. Like if a certain if I ask them, like a stranger for directions and say they had a certain voice where they were like, okay, let me just get the map. And then they touch the map and they have a certain type of voice that puts me in a very relaxed state. So is it like Zelig, Woody Allen, that you start to become them in a way? <laughs> like, hi, Molly. I'm just a really big fan. And you go, thank you so much. I love that. Oh. She just keeps asking for directions. <laughs> no, no it's talking. not like that. I love that for you. It would. Be, it's a feeling of like, it feels almost like getting a massage. It's like, oh, this, I love I do this that too. Voice. It's like when you were a kid like and people would read you stories, if mm-hmm. you got the right voice to read your story, that's what you wanted. Yeah. Some teachers had it. Sometimes. <laughs> that's cute, David. When someone read you to go to sleep. You know, oh, when you're little, and yeah. then you just go mm-hmm. lock into it, and you go, oh, it's the best. And I then you song yeah. out. It's great. teacher would read the story, <laughs> and I'm in second grade, and the teacher was like 25 and had like nylon stockings on and a short dress. It was just sort of, it made you feel funny. <laughs> oh, boy. It made me feel funny like when I used to climb the rope in gym class. <laughs> That's where that came from. Anyway, I don't know why I went there, but. What, wait, wait, know, wait. So you're <laughs> saying that she would have stockings on? Well, and just that right? first time I'd seen an adult back. woman, and they, they were very beautiful. They yeah. were second grade teachers. It's the 60s. Uh, anyone mm-hmm. can be a teacher now. And they were pretty young women, and they would have just a normal skirt on mm-hmm. and crossing and uncrossing their legs and i'm seven eight or nine i just mm-hmm. sort of got a little tingly so I, you start I noticing know. women and you go oh i like this and then they're not doing anything wrong and everything is sexual to you mm-hmm. yeah they're just mm-hmm. really doing sweet they're just living their life and you're like whoa yeah <laughs> so, so she's walking that's great it's like I, when you love the fell in love with the lifeguard remember in seventh grade I just made this up, no. but you know what I mean. <laughs> I, was like, I like there's so much in her book, and it's the only thing that isn't in her book about the lifeguard. I have a question for Molly about your book. Okay, oh, sh- great, David. You Jeez. worked at Cravings. Is that in Sunset Plaza yes. right here? Yes, it's mm-hmm. right near here. Is it still here? Uh, no, it closed down. That was here forever. It was here forever. The best grilled lemon chicken salad and really good pastas. I worked there for about four and a half years. I, and I love read it. Waitress. I read yeah. all that part of your book, and then I started in the beginning this morning. It's really compelling. Thank it you, It wasn't Dana. like, oh, we get a book. We got a, okay, what? Dana. This yeah. one was like very well written. Thank you, And I you, wanted Dana. to ask, how old were you, and how long did you go at Cravings, and when did you leave Cravings? Yes. How old were you? Because that's the only thing I didn't yes, get. Yes, I worked at Cravings for four and a half years, and... um. I I got Saturday Night Live when I was thirty. So, but I had left Cravings. I think a couple years before that. So from twenty three and a half to twenty eight, something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah, about about like that. Wow. Yeah. But we had fun. It was the it was a, he uh, Ibrahim, our boss, hired really good people. So we would have parties at night and dinners. We we had a blast working there. That's mm-hmm. right in that strip where there, you can sit on the street at sunset. Yeah. Right yeah. now, you, it said here um, that you were an, was it improv and you would call people to come to your shows like a bringer show like you'd say is that true you would 
you made a bunch of phone calls. It oh, said like yeah, 500 yeah. to get 200 people to show up. Yeah, I would use, um, I was, <clears throat> it was before email. So I would um, tell my customers, oh, I do this comedy show oh. called The Rock. You got to come see my show. What's your name? And they're like, oh, Ben. I'm like, oh, what's your girlfriend's name? Melissa. Okay, Ben and Melissa, give me your number. So then when I did a show in Santa Monica, I would pack the house with like 200 people and I would just invite one industry person per show and make it like this hot show. Good but um, really, I was calling everyone myself like, hi, Ben, I met you at Cravings. Can you and your girlfriend, Melissa, come to my show? Yes. Okay, great. Oh, and I would make all these calls. And when I got Saturday Night Live, I took that box of name and phone numbers that I'd saved from all my waitressing days and threw it in the dumpster because I didn't have to call anyone anymore to invite oh, them to my show. That's nice. It's was like it, a robot. Did you light caller. the dumpster on fire? Or was it, <laughs> it sounds very dramatic. It does. <laughs> no, I, I didn't light it on fire, but it was dramatic in that I took that box and I was like, you know, all the little papers went flying. By the way, it worked. That's cool. All yeah. that work paid off. It so you did. were a go-getter then. Yes. You got That's Marcy. Which, who, now, where did Marcy, Marcy see you? Marcy best. Klein, talent coordinator for SNL. Marcy Klein came, flew out. Thank you so wow. much. Thank you. I, oh, she, oh great. she's Thank Louise. you, almond um, milk. Can I, I gotta get some biscotti. Wait, Molly, some um, <laughs> I, um, coffee and an Ellen mug. Yes, with almond milk. That's so nice. Um, mm -hmm. I, uh, just sorry spill, about just that. spill that anywhere, Molly. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, Marcy <laughs> Klein came out to see my <laughs> stage show. <laughs> the Saturday Night Live producer and producer management. Well, she wasn't a talent manager, but she was. In charge of talent or something. Well, I heard you had a couple of headings, Marcy. Yeah, right? she was the um, producer, talent coordinator, but she came out mm -hmm. to LA and saw my show and, and loved it. And then she was like, I'm bringing you to, to New York to audition for Saturday Night Live. So, how fun. Was, yeah. So how fun. Marcy was a big part of all that because yeah. she was there when I was there. She was in on my audition. She was in on yours, probably, huh? Nope. Whoa. No, guess she, it was at Dana's audition. Go ahead, Dana. Okay, give it this to is her. a 30-second story about me. Okay. Uh, I was on SNL. I played Brown University. Wow. And uh, there was a woman in front that was kind of heckling me or friendly or whatever, and she had gigantic hair. So I yeah. did a comedian's trick of calling her Big Hair Woman. Oh, so that yeah. became a runner. It's an old comedian. So, hey, Big Hair Woman, what do you <laughs> right. think? Yeah. So it ends up that was Marcy Klein. And then oh. Marcy, the year next year, comes to SNL. And I remember her from Brown University. So oh when we have God. her on this podcast, I'll, I'll call her Big Hair Woman. Oh, that's. And she has an incredible audition. Yeah, beautiful famous singer hair. was at your audition. Well, that was, I did it at, in Santa Monica as well, a little club called Igby's. Igby's. Oh and gosh. Rosie O'Donnell was playing there, and I had to ask her. I didn't even know Rosie O'Donnell. She seemed like the most confident person I ever met. Yeah. Did, could I lean in on your show, and I'm going to bring Lauren Michaels? Yeah. And then she said, okay, and then we flipped a coin. I went on first, but Lauren walked in. Brandon Tartikoff, head of the network. What? I go, God, I'm getting really nervous. And then Cher sidled in. So that was my oh trio, my. three shot. Here's your life. I, if I didn't make it that night, I I think I'd be working at, what was it, Carrie's, Carney's? Where'd you work? Cravings. <laughs> Cravings. Oh, I know Cravings, it's gone, but yeah. I'd reopen it so I could work there. And how many minutes did you have, Dana? I I was actually doing the stand-up thing route. So I had an mm. hour, hour 10 of stand-up. Amazing. But you would audition at the comedy store and you'd do five minutes. Well, isn't that special? Get off. Didn't yeah. work. I bombed. Wow. Every time I followed Whoa. Kennison once, Whoa. dead silence. So this Kennison's time I had 45 in a real club. Yeah. And I was just scared out of my mind. When when Marcy saw you, <sighs> wow. did you, how was your nerve level at 
that point with your act? Did you were you getting really confident, or were you a little were you nervous when Marcy was there, or she you didn't know who she was? Really? Uh, let's see. She came to my yeah. So she flew out and came to see my stage show, which was about an hour, the Robin Molly show, and I was definitely nervous. I was well, I was very excited that we got her to come. Whoops, that we got her to come see my show. So I was just thrilled. So we kind of I had kind of taken off a year from doing the shows because I was like, oh, I just I don't know if I have the heart to stay in this business. So. Really, a year before that, I really thought I might quit because and become sure. a real estate agent, or I don't know. I, I, but then I heard Marcy was coming to town, so I whipped together a show for her at the last minute, and I paid for the band and asked my partner Rob. I said, "Do you mind? Could you do one more show, please? And I'll, I'll take care of everything. I'll invite everyone. I'll just is all you have to do is show up." And he said, "Okay." So I was just really just excited that she was there, and it was a great feeling in the audience. And um, so, but yes, I'm sure I was nervous. But then for my actual audition flying to New York, I had five minutes at Stand Up New York with, um, oh, wow. and I got to do characters. And uh, let's see, I'm trying to think. Yeah, so that I was definitely very, very nervous. You're not for. a stand up. Well, I'm just yeah, interested, you know, no. if anyone's hearing this and they're like at a theater group in high school or something, yeah. that you, Wally Shannon, w- was thinking, maybe I. Gonna quit. Maybe yeah. I'm not gonna do this. Yeah, of course. Exactly. I think we all think And then that. 18 really months did. later or something, you know, a talent corner from SNL and then you're on your way. So yeah. um we had reinforcing mechanisms being stand ups. That's how I made a living. So I yeah. couldn't quit. But I I quit several times. Uh, in college I mean I bombed so bad so how did you deal with that did you feel like you went into kind of a depression Um, or let's see I I never really got depressed for a long period of time but I remember I had an audition um, on a lot in the valley I forget if it was CBS Radford and I remember not being asked to stay it was one of those things where you could see the girls who were were going to stay were going to go straight to producers at 5 o'clock so you kind of know they they hang around and hang around you kind of know and you say you can go they go yeah and you get to know the girls on the circuit kind of the comedy girls or groundlings girls and i went and did my thing and they were just like thank you molly you know like next and uh and then i walked out to the room and you could see the girls who were being asked to stay and i was just like bye everyone good luck my heart melted you know crushed crushed. and i went out to the parking lot and i saw this great actress named Catherine Lanasa and she's just so lovely and she she was like what were you auditioning for and I, I, I think it, I forget what it was but she was just so casual and I remember she was like doing stretches by her car like ballet and mm-hmm. stretching her leg and I was like oh I wish I could be easy breezy like yeah, Catherine yeah, Lanasa yeah. not caring and <laughs> and I was feeling dark like uh, this is so yeah. so much rejection and I think I'll just go to Gelson's and get a half a chicken and go home and close <laughs> my shades and call it a Pull night half a chicken that's so <laughs> I love it it kind of sounds uh, delicious it though, was delicious yeah. yeah and that is what I did mm-hmm. but um, I just in that moment was like I don't think I have the heart for this anymore this is just too hard so much rejection and yeah ugh. so um, that's when I gave up for a year I would be sitting in auditions and it's so depressing with Brad Pitt next to me and going like are you reading for hunk also oh. uh, well let's see who gets it uh, let's stay friends after though if I get it Anyway, I read it. for Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward. Did you really? <laughs> they gave me a scene partner, and I sucked. You've seen my movies. I mean, I didn't know oh. what I was doing. <laughs> so Paul Newman's there, and I'm in awe of Kool and Luke. Yeah, and he had these red socks on, and Joanne Woodward had a little dog, and I just got confused. Uh. But I'm with a scene partner, and she was really good. But it, we just fucked 
And, oh, and we went no. outside the room. And I go, man, that went bad. She goes, you fucked me, man. <laughs> oh, no. And Robbie Benson got the part. What? Robbie, if you're listening, you congratulations. Wait, with Robbie you. Benson really did Robbie get the Robbie Benson, <laughs> Harry and Tonto, it was called. Robbie Benson was a, is a badass actor. But yeah, I felt bad that I took her down with me. Oh, and I, you I, apologize, so I apologize to Sherry O'Terry years later. No, I'm oh kidding. My That's God. a joke. Okay. Wait, were you just cold reading the scene? Yeah, you'd get That's it. And you'd, have, you'd hold the script Bomb. and you had a few minutes to look over it. I was a terrible. Were you a good auditioner, do you think? Um, and just had bad luck? Or were you. I was, let's see. I think. Well, what about, what about you? So I can't imagine you messing that up, Dana. Um. I was terrified of acting. I was good at, like doing my own comedy. Yeah. yeah. But I, to me, actors were. It was. I never took any acting lessons. I never did any theater groups. So it was like, what? I got to sound like someone else. Yeah. It seems very easy now to me. Like yeah, I can yeah. really act good now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I'm a little late to the game. <laughs> but but <laughs> well, you know, sometimes people look down on you. Like if they hear you're a stand up or maybe improv. If you're with with actor actors, and yeah. I've been in auditions. And they go, oh, so you're a stand-up? And I go, yeah. And I see them going, oh, boy. Like, they know, they think you're already, they're already winning. That's, and they kind of are, because it yeah. is harder. Yeah. I had, I thought I was so naturally good, and I heard Eddie Murphy never took a class. So when I moved out here, I got some auditions right away, because I was like blonde. I was 20. I looked 15. And then I was like, I'm so naturally funny. So I, did, I didn't know what I was doing, but I'm just like reading. And I was, and they're like, he's horrible. Like they just go, he doesn't know what he's doing. And I go, huh? no, I'm naturally gifted. Yeah. And I wasn't. And then I had to do two years of class because they, they wouldn't bring me back for auditions. They said, he's too green. Oh my god! And it was gosh. such, all my heat went away. I got to town, I had some heat. Yeah. And then it went away. And then two years later, I'd start again from scratch That's of like, silly. I know a little more, like I didn't know how to hold the side, you know, look up or look down. I, yeah. And you just need to have a little confidence to go in front of an acting teacher say, when you walk in, do you do this? And she goes, no, that's a red flag. Like, so then I just learned, oh, so if I just go in and I don't do these things, at least I'm in the mix. I, I read for Brandon Tartikoff. Did and, you? And Whoa. right before, I, and he was gonna give me a holding deal. It was already all set. And Whoa. I walked in and this motherfucker, Dennis somebody, head of casting, I'm in the <laughs> waiting room. I got a coach. I went over my fucking sides. I didn't know what I was yeah. doing. And he walks and he goes, oh, I think we're going to do these. Oh, and he switched no. it, took out of my hand, put in a new thing. He goes, and I go, this is a new scene. They go, yeah. They go, ready for you. And I go, no, no, I didn't have the balls to go, give me a second. Oh. I walked in, I just read it off the page and they go, thank you. And they go, and my manager goes, how'd you fuck that up? Oh. I go, what do you mean? He goes, there's no development deal. He, he said, you're too green. I go, well, they did the old switcheroo on me. He goes, oh, well, no one's going to remember that part. <laughs> I read a love oh. scene with Lynn Stallmaster in a room oh, in a dark. No, it was a guy, director, right? It was oh yeah, a, Lynn Stallmaster. He's a, a man. Yeah, he's a man. Yeah. But it was just me and him and alone I, I, reading a love 50, 50 scene. 50 so I, he, I'm with this guy in a room, and, so, and the lights are down. I care about you so much. Don't you understand? Yeah, well, I like you too. I'm, my name's Judy, as you know. You know, I mean, it's like so. It's so hard. Let's get back to our guests. Let's get back we do to like to talk you. about ourselves. Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. To get a beautiful gift, mm -hmm. you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The tricky part, Dana, as you know, yeah, figure, figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. I hate to say it, price yeah. matters. I mean, yeah. Yeah. that's why I recommend for any jewelry purchase, you source it from BlueNile.com. They've been with us for a while. Yeah, Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds david and find jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail 
They also offer peace of mind with every purchase. Some of their highest quality stand. They have some of the highest quality standards in the industry. Right. And David, whether you want to make a classic statement by gifting a white gold tennis bracelet mm-hmm. <laughs> to Sarah Sherman or, <laughs> or, or, bring out, or bring out her eyes with sapphire and diamond hoop earrings, Blue Nile's jewelry experts can help you find the perfect gift. David? They're available 24-7 by phone or chat to answer technical questions like, should I make it a diamond cut or a circle? <laughs> Those are the technical questions. <laughs> I know. Uh, oval. They fit your budget. They'll make sure what you want, they can fit in your budget. Yes. It's very difficult to buy jewelry for someone because, um, you know, it's it's a subjective thing. And the, you'll be guided with the, this company is going to help you make the right choice. You give right. them a little information and they'll go, Sapphire. It's hard to roll down to your local strip mall and go, yeah. We're a jewelry store and we sell trucker hats. It's like, that's yeah. not what you want. Or sometimes they have a small jewelry kiosk inside a Denny's restaurant. And it's like, <laughs> they're flipping hot cakes and I'm trying to find my loved ones. Yeah. So, yeah. No, thank you. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. Oh, that's nice. So you can't lose. No, mm-hmm. just in case you got 30 day returns mm-hmm. shop blue nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler go to blue nile.com today that's blue nile.com wait i've asked one question david how old were you when you came to town 20 20? no but he looked 15 but you could play, i tried yeah, audition uh with your uh, uh i had a box of props gross and i and i waited <laughs> I at the improv <laughs> And you know what's funny? I had a Batman sweatshirt on to sort of signal I liked comedy. Like, this is kind of like That's a costume. good idea. It's so gross. But I was like, I'm kind of funny already, right? It was just a bat. And I was like, huh? And I, uh, then I saw me on the crowd and go, you don't even need to audition. I know you got something going that's on. That's funny. And so I got, and then, and then Danny, you might have done this. They go every three minutes, they pull it out of a hat. But I yeah. think it's all rigged because it's even worse because you don't get sickened by your audition. Every three minutes, you're sick because they go, yeah. is this it? Hey, 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 Jim Squankmire. Nope, nope. Got three more minutes. And then every, that's all until midnight. Then they go, just go home. Well, that's it, weird. folks. And I was like, oh, I never got picked. So I gave up again for a year. And then I came back to LA. See, everyone quits. Tried again. Everyone quits. It's yeah. just the way it is. You have I to, mean, you have I to was be a quitter. Gut check. I want to hear what happened when you walked into audition room. Because when I walked into it and I'd see all these versions of myself. Yeah. Like really young Audition boys for the looking same part. men with no chins and, and just sort of like so I'm like oh this is me yeah, I'm part, part of this tribe so when you when you walked into a Molly Shannon did you see versions sixes? of Molly or hmm. was it I mean I definitely when I started to get further along there were definitely like you know you probably opposite audition opposite groundlings girls like really talented kind of that those really fantastic comedy girls yeah. um but before that no i don't think so but I, I would usually audition for like the best friend or whatever that type what, of thing. when did you get really when did you kind of or did you always have it because i was reading your book last night but i just your internal confidence i'm always fascinated by that or is it because i would say mine would go up and down do you have do you have, I mean, is there, there's a Molly in there that goes, fuck these people. I, I'm fucking great, right? Yeah. Get out of my way. 
you know, or or how do you process your talent and and what happened to you? How do you pro- or is it just surreal to you? Um, I think sometimes if I felt like I remember auditioning for a commercial, and uh, I was a waitress at the time. I didn't have a lot of money, but they were just like kind of rude these like producer writers were all there and kind of blaming the actors and no no you know and, it, <laughs> and uh, I was just like and all these really cool actors were auditioning and and then I went and did it and I think they weren't really paying attention and they're just like acting disinterested and they were making everybody wait for a really long time and uh I then I think when I was finished, I said, you know, the the problem you have is the writing. The actors are all really good. These people are talented. You got to fix your script. This writing is not good enough. Okay, good one. Because I was just like, I I just so I could be tough that way, Mm -hmm. um, and just not care if I knew that something was right. I would get. I think sometimes that's a good. You know, sometimes if you feel angry, that can be healthy, you know, standing up for yourself. So I definitely did stuff like that where I was like, I don't give a shit, you know? They they start treating you so shitty sometimes in those auditions. You go, they don't even look up. They don't do anything. They know they're not taking you. They look at you, look down and go, oh, yeah, they're out. And then they go, go ahead. And they go, we're not doing the other scenes. That's the worst. Because the person before you is there for 25 minutes and they're laughing and chuckling and really clicking the heels. And then I read one scene. They go, we're just doing one. I go, that last person did nine. And then they go, well, we're just doing one with you. And I go, mm. yeah. So I was so good. I got it just from that. Yeah. They're like, we'll explain it in the parking lot and get them out of here. Exactly. And yeah. and I and understand I was working with the public all the time as a waitress. And yeah. so I was always polite. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought, it's yeah, it's disrespectful to treat people that way. So I I, I, at any you level, I don't like think that. that. I, I do it. think subplanning anger for fear is just a nice move, you know. Like, I have a fear of flying, and sometimes I'll just manifest anger to myself. Fuck this thing. Let's fucking light this candle, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just a good way to get aggression (laughs) out, you know? Um, Wait, you mean that you, so you'll be... Fearful, anxious. To fly, and Mm -hmm. then you'll start saying, like, fuck this plane. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck this plane. Let's light this candle. You know, I don't know. Dana's never mean. I I never see you mean to anyone, though. Um... Unless it's really, really... People like me, I'm a nice guy, which is kind of... It could be also, what an obnoxious, passive-aggressive guy, you know. (laughs) Uh, Depends what song you like. Uh But uh, I had horrible anger issues in my 20s, and I would be nice until I wasn't nice. Mm -hmm. Never make a nice guy mad, Mm -hmm. because then they have all this suppressed anger stored up, Mm -hmm. and I would go zero to a thousand with a bank teller or Mm -hmm. a director, Mm -hmm. and I never had a middle gear. Then I figured out, God, I have all this anger from my childhood so I've it's been like, better it's like mm-hmm, Molly said mm-hmm. if you bully I get that I get bullied all the time so all my whole life so if you get pushed around you get this or someone's very disrespectful <laughs> mm-hmm. I snap on a dime and, da- David yeah. did you get bullied when you were a kid oh my god non-stop you did and then, for, for uh, what when you were in grade school I was a bit of a pipsqueak I wasn't this strapping athlete you see today yeah. and I was always pushed around and I didn't have a dad to def- you know and I was mad my dad wasn't there so one time I fought back on this kid in 6th grade and he mm-hmm. kept pushing me and hitting me for no reason and it was mm-hmm. so humiliating That's awesome. and then I'm like it just came out like my dad left me you want all this anger and I just went bananas on him yeah, wow. sure you did. and he went down his back and I started beating the shit out of him and the whole school was watching and they and he crawled Jeez. up and he goes the coach is coming and he ran the coach was not coming 
What was his name? Oh, I love Oscar. it. Oscar. Wow, Oscar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sandler Ronnie, brings him up Ronnie a lot. Carrasco was Is my he... last fight. <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie Carrasco. <laughs> you know, called me out in seventh grade. We're terrified all day. They, then this kid was like in fourth grade. Go, we could hear the punches, man. We could hear the punches. <laughs> and then you just get him in a headlock. You know. Anyway, I'm Molly, state, by I, way. I had boys in high school. Mm-hmm. I should say all their names right now because they deserve it. They're but funny the, when to I, hear. When I, when I would walk by, they would neigh at me like, oh. Oh, and it really hurt my feelings um, all the time. I was like, "What are they? Why are they doing that? Do they think that I look like a horse?" And um, it was Jesus. humiliating. Oh, and I wish I would have spoken up or told, you know, the the head of admissions or the headmaster. But I never did. I would just take it every day. And then I heard that it was because there was a horse named Molly in Animal Farm. And that, and was, like, and that was annoying. Even yeah, but every day. So mean. God, if and we could call those guys are, right now, should I say get it out. They yeah. were twins. Assholes. Yeah. Asshole I'm not twins. Say, yeah. I heard of them. No, no, I won't say. All it. twins are on standby right now. Two twins and another one. And they were such mm-hmm. dorky twins. Do you By think the way, there's... Sandler bullies me because we I told him that story <laughs> one night, <laughs> ten years ago. And then now we're like we're doing a gig Shabba in St. Louis. And yeah. he looks out at the crowd and he goes, I think Oscar's here. And I go, well, get the fuck out. <laughs> oh, he kind of trolls. He knows it drops my heart for a second. I go, why is he Oh, shut up. <laughs> you, so you, so you talk about him a lot. Does, does I just he, did to like to those guys. Just oh, funny. I never heard Oscar. Oscar, Oscar uh, just was rabbit punching me, which is illegal. I'm talking to some people at Little League, and he just starts rabbit punching me in the back of the head. I'm like, that's a, and then immediately the a circle around me. Yeah. I go, no, no, there's not a fight here. Wham in the face. I'm like, I don't know. I can't get mad. I don't know what we're fighting about. If you'll explain it to me, I'll yeah. gladly. Yeah. Well, at least it was it outside the house. And I, got, I, wa- I got beaten in the house and outside the house. No, <laughs> so but I kind of ran. Way. Which was, you did? What, why, Dana? Well, your daddy liked to get a little <laughs> he liked physical. To, you know, throw hmm. things around. Did a little bit. Used to be like a I'm, fun. There's podcast. plenty of people who had you, Mister. <laughs> there's plenty of people who had a couple whoopings, and, and, and I'm not that, that was exotic. Sort of the drill back okay. then. But wow. my childhood—that's a whole other issue. You have so many guests. Did your dad spank you? If you don't start a podcast, you're the most curious. Guess we've ever had. We can't even get to you. Dana, you can't let that slip by me because now I have so many questions. Wow. I, I know. Well, we'll, maybe we'll talk We're afterwards. All okay. When Is we have you, Dana. Rolling? We're going, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about yeah, it is. a lot uh, of things. No, I have to ask her about a stand-up comic name. I don't like you that. You did a character, question. right? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember. Oh, and Jeannie was, Darcy? And it was, don't get me started. Yeah, I Were love you very that like... Um, very monotone, is that what you're saying? Yeah, she's kind of like um, on the spectrum, maybe, but right. trying to get into stand-up comedy, has a lot of dreams, but really not gifted. But she's like, don't get me started. Don't even get me started. And she does comedy that's about dating, but she's probably like, you know, very out of touch with herself. But uh, so she does. Uh, but that, I love doing that character. I did it at the very end of SNL, yeah. and I purposely did it to not get any laughs because I was kind of sick of always oh, I Hey, you gotta make a move. Right. That I did the opposite. That's right? great. Just, yeah. And I really just because your jokes it to, aren't really nailing it. Right? They're they're probably bad. Right? Yeah. Intentionally yeah, bad. Yeah, I did yeah. intentionally, and I did it to kind of make Jimmy Fallon laugh and Will Ferrell laugh. It was really kind of just for them, and the audience did not get it at all, which was perfect because I mm-hmm. wanted it to be like dead yeah, silence crickets. Sure. And it took a while to get it on because you know if you put something through once and it doesn't get mm-hmm. on, you really shouldn't push it again. But I pushed it through again, <laughs> and it finally got on it. update, and um, and uh, it was great. And Who'd then you do with Jimmy, I did it 
Yes, I did it with Jimmy. Yes, I did it with Jimmy, and then right. I did, and then Scott Wania wrote a version where I was performing at an old age home, and like, don't <laughs> get me started. Don't even get me started. Uh, yeah, I remember that. You know when men leave the toilet seats up, and she would do this dorky yeah, comedy about men yeah. versus women. Yeah, yeah. And um, and um, basically in the sketch, there were people dying in the old age home being wheeled out who would die. Their pulse has stopped, Beep. and I'm still doing my stand up, yeah. and I have no. I don't. The character has no sense of. She doesn't. Sure. Sure. If people are laughing or yeah, so it was it the so most much. fun. So, do you feel like you're more confident? Like that, I felt like I was the most confident the day I stepped off SNL. Is that I kind right, of always have a part of me like maybe two more seasons because I finally yeah. didn't give a fuck in the best sense of of that expression. Yeah, did you feel like at that point you're making Jimmy Fallon laugh? I mean, you must have evolved in terms of just. You know, after doing, you did a hundred shows, you just feel different about doing SNL, right? At that point, there's a confidence. That's true. That well, I think Lauren's world is so different than Hollywood. Like, mm. Lauren doesn't care what anybody thinks. He's like, I like them. He'll take somebody and he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. He does his own thing. Yeah. That's what I found refreshing. Whereas maybe I felt the town of Hollywood before I got SNL was a little more like kind of people following people or, you know, Lauren Clicky. just decides what he wants mm -hmm. and he doesn't I care know. what's he is been, a master and of they leave him alone. Yeah. They don't he's, fight him on everything. Yeah, he's so good. So I really like, Lauren's world and um, yes I felt like it was like a comedy boot camp I felt like I, I got to a point there where I really started to enjoy it I was like you know what I'm not going to worry about if I get something on or not I'm just going to enjoy it like a creative arts camp like like yeah. I'm working with these amazing writers and, mm. and such talented people that if I started to look at it more as like an arts camp like a fun yeah. you know that then I could enjoy it more I mean look we all know it's competitive of course but I, I changed my philosophy about it like three quarters of the way through through there and just started to really enjoy it it's like fun. pretend like it's a, like like a summer camp for yeah. creative people did people call me down because when I, I was battling nerves when we've talked to Bill Hader and others around the nerves of SNL yes. and then I'd come out and I would see at the church lady said and I would see Phil in his costume Phil Hartman and I would see Jan and they would call me down I'm like these are my people I yeah. love it they're so good like you're you're, it's so much fun around. to have people that are pretty much whatever damage how, why we do this who we are yeah. in this little tribe against the world it's nice isn't that it that is so cool you know. so what it sounds like what you're saying is that you would just feel like you're just with them and you could like tune out the well, when you see Will Ferrell there and you're walking into the set or Anna you got your safe you got somebody it's good it does kind of calm you down a little bit you're more excited and you're in it together it, exactly you know? I, I actually Will and I wrote this sketch once where we were two characters we did it center stage so there's no excuse to not get a lot of laughs that's, yeah, that's because it was easier and we were played two characters who'd recently lost 100 pounds and the sketch <laughs> tanked <funny>. not a <laughs> laugh but Will and I made a deal when we went out there we were like okay if if it's just crickets we're just going to commit harder yeah see I love that and we were looking at one another and uh, like a twinkle in our eye like oh shit we are bombing and then we just performed it harder yeah. and harder like can you believe it's a hundred pounds and nobody was laughing I wish I could have a copy of this sketch and it was just exactly like you say Dana like such a bonding it's like it's all I cared about was me and Will Will and me yeah. nobody else matters and this might be the most fun I have ever had yeah. And I feel mm -hmm. like you have to embrace the bombing mm -hmm. as much as the scoring because they really go together. You know well, what I mean? It might yes. be a cleverer bit because well, sometimes the audience that. doesn't, 
if they don't get it, they, they sometimes feel like they're missing it. And they go, this is good. Because in the old days, you do a sketch like, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. They don't know why it's funny. And then they go, remember that great sketch? And Dan Aykroyd goes, oh, Conan's bombed three times. Like, they would just yeah. keep doing it. And then finally, it clicks hmm. in that people go, I love this one. Yeah. And it takes a while to get why it's funny. And, and sometimes it's not so easy where it's just like, jokes, jokes, jokes. Or I'm a crazy yeah. character. And they go, I get that. Yeah. But when you're doing something very dry, that's fun. And if... If they stick with it, sometimes you by do. the end of the sketch or the next time you, you know, do Molly, it. You know, Molly, you did all these styles. You do this sort of yeah. very subtle acting. Yeah. And and, uh, and then you, you're you doing uh, Mary Catherine yeah. Gallagher. Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and so that would be if the sound broke at a bar, they're watching SNL, mm-hmm. and the sound was off, mm-hmm. that was still going to get laughs. And oh. then it was also funny with the sound. It, it was yeah. like a, a mm-hmm. atomic bomb of comedy, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. That character was so fun. I mean, yeah. It's, did you not audition for that or am I crazy? I didn't audition for that because there was a woman who around town who was calling herself kind of the unofficial <laughs> talent scout who... I won't say her name, but she was like, whatever you do, don't do that. Little <laughs> character, Mary Catherine Gallagher, when you audition for Lauren, because if you do that, you'll never get hired. What? So I listened to her. Yeah, isn't that crazy? What a brain well, I had it with church, church lady. Did, I had managers that, that said, uh, you're doing that too much in your act, my stand-up. You're coming <gasps> off gay. You know, this is the 80s, so worst <laughs> the case 80s. scenario. But I would only do five minutes out of a 75-minute stand-up set. I'm only doing five minutes. Nah, it's too much. You're coming <laughs> off gay, kid. Interesting. And did you do it for, when you had that stand-up audition when Lauren Michaels was there with Brandon Tartikoff? Yes, Tartico? yes. Yeah, you that did. was in my quiver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I bet Lauren loved it. Um Lauren was, he said he knew at that moment, you know, I, I went through a further audition and I was terrified, but he, he said he'd already decided at that moment. And Thanks. so you had me at I love Lauren. I love the Lauren. Yeah. You know what? Things great about Lauren. Cause yeah. you're bring, making me a nostalgia for him. Yeah. Is that he loves funny people. Yeah. He, he loves us. He, yes. <laughs> he loves. Bomb, he loves us. Yeah. He just loves that we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. He so really sweet. does. It's yeah. so sweet. He's. He is truly a legend, and the thought of him not being there is just, uh, I, or, or I, I can't know. even imagine it. It's his show. You mean the show? Yeah, it's yeah. his show. They, they, it's they've him. It's his one. Lo- they've integrated. Yeah. And, and he has so much love. You know, people don't know that about him, and uh, he's such a deep thinker and loyal and funny and so intelligent. And you still I talk mean, to him, or do you ever Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's fun to talk oh about. He's, he's, he's yeah. sort of has this, this uh, you know, he, he's a little intimidating at first because he's so like, but he's he's so vulnerable underneath all that. It's still yeah. your boss always, forever. It'll be like, that's my boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's sentimental. I mean, now that yeah. I'm, after I turn 60, I just tell people I love them and stuff really casually. Mm-hmm. Sandler did it when he was in You're his coming 20s. off gay. <laughs> You're coming off gay. That's what Sandler said. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> your agent yeah. calls you out of the blue. Yeah. I heard you told your friend you loved him. Yeah, gay. Exactly. You're coming gay. Are you still doing that lady character? <laughs> Double gay. I know. Get out of my sight. That's a stick. Wait, who's the manager who said that? You can't say. Oh. <laughs> no, that's okay. You no, don't have to say. Funny. You don't have to say. It, yeah, uh, it was, you know, th- look, they, it was the twins. It was the 80s and, you know, whatever. I yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. don't want to say, but it was a big talent yeah. agency. And I, I don't think they were t- trying to f- fuck with me. They really believed that because yeah. if you're not listening to the character, well, 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 just sounds like, you know, yeah. you could say go, you're like playing a stereotypical, a I'm playing some effeminate character instead yeah. of a church lady. So, not a clever yeah. church lady um, character. So, it's very clever. 
Rewind it back to the days of chill accent on the beach and all day fun with spring break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like fan fave Rocket. The excitement is endless. The vibes are right. And the cash prices could be huge. New players start playing with just five bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code FOTW to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. 21 plus. Physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and other restrictions apply. One per opted-in new customer. $5 wager required. Max. $100 in casino credits awarded, which require one-time playthrough within 168 hours. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash promos. Restrictions apply. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash wall to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash wall. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. We should talk about the injuries you took because that was yes. a big part of your book. Are you book okay? As- yeah. <laughs> I am okay. Are you all right? Orthopedically. Because I remember you threw yourself around like Farley and he would be really in pain. <laughs> and uh, I think I remember when I was still there, we had overlaps because we did play Star. Dana. You guys mm-hmm. were cast members but, together mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. and lovers. And mm-hmm. you weren't, were, I know you wrote, but were you also paid as a writer or not? No. Not the whole run. Uh, paid as a writer? No. Isn't, just that, isn't that crazy? Everyone there. Yeah. We all wrote. I think my, they dropped my writing credit when I went full cast. Mm. Um, mm. But it was, but everyone still writes for themselves, obviously. Yeah, we And, and, and people don't, at home don't know that if you write, it's fun to write with a writer from the show because you have to have someone watch it. You know, like from, yeah. from the booth when you're rehearsing, if you write it yourself and there's no one else involved... Who's watching? I don't even know who watches it. So you, um, you, you have to write to get yourself you on got the show. So it's Steve, a writing job. Steve Corin. Who'd you write the best with? Um, I, I wrote with so many different people, like mm-hmm. Paula Pell and Steve Corin, and yeah. um, but basically, it feels like I, when I first got there, I was I was so you know, oh my gosh, how do you figure this out? But it just takes. You know, feeling comfortable with one person in the mm-hmm. room. I think you have to be able to be yourself. But I always yeah. tell people who are trying to get into writing, um, if you just have that one person you could be in the mm-hmm. room with where you don't feel dumb throwing out ideas and you can really f- fully be yourself, <clears throat> that's all it takes, you know, or write by yourself. And if you're a writer, mm-hmm. it's good to lock into someone else that's good because if you can write for someone, you see these writers that are like Tim Hurley, he's with Sandler for oh, every yeah. movie. Like there's a lot of people that yeah. are double up and they just do movie after show after movie. 
and it really is important to find someone you can lock into uh, on the show. I, th I think yeah. what I was saying about Mary Catherine is, I think they were using steel folding chairs, and I remember going, "Are those real steel folding chairs?" There's no. It just keeps falling. I on remember them. feeling yeah. worried for you. you I mean, did, I've yeah. seen it live. Like, yeah, yeah. whoa, that Painful. looked gnarly. I'm yeah. back on to whatever you're falling on. Yeah, I didn't. I was kind of reading your book last night. Like you. You were like another type of Farley. I mean, I don't think many people threw themselves around yeah. this, the 8-H. Like yeah. you did in that character. Yeah. And you kind of got in a hypnotic state in a way, or you'd be... Well, I would feel just nothing. talk about that. Yeah, I felt feel nothing. No pain. I, I didn't feel the pain when it was going on. Mm -hmm. I would throw myself into metal chairs and do crazy stuff. And I look at that now and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't break my neck or, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. uh, you really my think. back. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. But then mm. the next day when I would wake up, I would be, I would definitely feel like all oh, my muscles hurt and I would have cuts and bruises. And wow. um, so I would feel it the next day. But I also liked it because I felt like I worked really yeah. hard and threw myself into the character. Yeah. And I really did want to perform and be physical and be like the boys when I started. And I really wanted to do that. And then it also helped me kind of pour my nervous energy into the character because I was yeah. so You're nervous. So, so the mm -hmm. physical aspect of it felt like a release. I got that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so how big, how, what was the evolution right. of that becoming a movie? It, it, you did it, and then you did it, and then it became a huge hit, and it was exploding. And when yeah. you come out and you get applause, I mean, that feels great, right? That feels <laughs> so good. Um, I guess, especially because, well, I uh, it took a while to get on, because I put it at the read-through, and mm -hmm. then um, Lauren liked it right away. He was like, oh, let's wait and save it, and we'll do it with Gabriel Byrne. And oh, then, yeah, Gabriel. Oh, perfect. Yeah, and, he was, yeah, perfect. Yeah, Priest so then Gabriel yeah. Byrne came. But then when it, for the show order that that week for the dress rehearsal it was on the bottom it was at the bottom and uh, I was like why are, Why is this at you the bottom late, which means it's probably going to get cut for the dress show it, it was means, late in the show um, it was late in the show yeah, okay. they but think the dress schedule, not going to make it they think it's not going to make it yeah. yeah they don't have a lot and of so I that, but that was kind of good because I, I thought oh, I'm going to have to show them and I think because I'd read it at the table they weren't understanding how physical it was going to mm -hmm. be and because I'd done it in my show that character in my show for so many years I knew what it was mm -hmm. when I did it in my stage show I would climb the walls and mm -hmm. get up on the rafters and <clears throat> they'd have to pull, peel me down off the wall so I and did you have the outfit sorry did you have the outfit in the stage show and, and no in the stage show I think I just wore a black skirt she became okay. a Catholic school because girl that was, it was very funny look with the underwear and everything. yeah it was <laughs> so the underwear bobby socks yeah, yeah so exactly. go ahead so, so then oh, um, I thought I'm really gonna have to show them so that was kind of good so for the dress show I, I went crazy I really had to like oh just Wait, checking. Oh, okay, great. Is it okay? Carry on, Molly. Carry on. Okay, great. Carry on. Oh, wait. Mm, just okay? short. Okay. okay. Technical issue. So for the, yeah, so for the... Um, Air show. So for the dress show, I just really went crazy performing it, and people went crazy. It got such a great response. And then I went into Lauren's office between dress and air to see what made it to the live show and my sketch got moved from the bottom of the show to the top yeah and I was number like, one yes. the same thing happened with a church lady is that what something Dana? about these characters did, yeah did you have the smell the armpits and superstar on the first one uh, I did superstar became... as a joke I threw it in for my friend because we used to always my friend Deborah right. Palermo as a joke I, I used to always go superstar just superstar. so I did it for her I <laughs> threw I, I exited the stage as Mary Catherine Gallagher then I came back in and slid on chairs and just under my breath went superstar for my 
my friend at home watching oh. to make her laugh. Oh, funny. So we just threw it back and then we kept it in as like a and refrain. Then it, then it became, it's just like a great explanation point. Yeah, exactly. Someone who just fell all over the place yes. and owning it. Yes, yeah. exactly. And it's also... Um, and so proud of it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's a representation of my childhood of overcoming hard stuff and still having resilience and hope and maybe stumbling and falling and maybe looks like she's not going to make it and then they rise above the wreckage. It's a repeated dance of those themes so you you were able to sometimes people ask me where things came from and all yeah. that and I'm, I'm i try to come up with an answer sometimes i'm not sure yeah but you were able for yourself yeah to figure out at some point that that character was a manifestation of stuff that happened to you exactly and it was like it's self-care basically yeah i get to reenact this but be superstar at the end exactly what it, God, that's so interesting yeah, it's like healing yeah so before i was even in therapy i would do the character on stage and mm-hmm. i remember a friend came once and they said oh that character the schoolgirl, or it wasn't a schoolgirl then mary Catherine gallagher seems she seems angry i was like angry really i i didn't i i thought oh that's interesting but because uh, the, the original scene was just a girl auditioning to mm-hmm. try to be in a David Lynch movie, and we would just improvise right. it. And I'd be like, no, no, you're not understanding. And I have to prove myself and get this person to, you know, like me and cast me. And so it's just a little exercise in mm-hmm. trying to be seen and understood. And um, so, yes, so that's where art can, like, save mm-hmm. people. You know what I mean? Yeah. That performance as a release. Yeah. And um, does that make sense? So sometimes totally. you can be in the, in like, in so in your in your work and being creative and not realize what it is you're trying to express and not be able to be objective about it till later. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, in a cartoon way, I think that's a really evolved way to think of things in that character. Um I did a lot of passive-aggressive characters because yeah. I had trouble expressing anger because I grew up with a lot of anger in the household. So yeah. you you were just taught to suppress it. Yeah. So Hans and Franz, I don't know you. Yes, you can't I even look at me and you, <laughs> you know <laughs> church lady. Well, you're not quite knowing you're doing so. Yeah, yeah. All my characters was kind of angry initially and passive-aggressive. I guess that was healing. So let me ask you a question. So, so you felt so in your house, but you said that your dad could be really aggressive and violent. Yeah, yeah, the violent but, temper. But you had or, to. Yeah. Did you? What? How well, did you have to manage to survive HLs. it? HLs. Oh. I'm gonna disappear. Basically, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we weren't like I asked Sandler about that. Abash, oh, and his family <laughs> was just like <laughs> yeah. they could yell at each other. Nose to nose. Hey, you want to get some ice cream? Okay. You know, healthy. Yeah. This yeah. was not that. But yeah. it was the 60s, five kids, a lot of independence. See you later. You know, so I mean, I, I survived. And what was your mom like? Um, she was sort of very sweet, but mm-hmm. very dainty and and very much under his thumb. And mm-hmm. she was the artsy one. Interesting. Um, and, was she you know, into we, you being creative? These big and, families, you know, we raise each other a lot. We scrambled. Yeah. It was like if there was sugary cereal, get it now, you know, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway, it's very interesting. It's always fascinating. Like, Dave, That's he had an so, easy childhood, so it's still, he's so fucking funny, but with just a, oh, no. David, easy, David, no, you, what, David <laughs> you were raised by your mom? Yes, I'll take this question from Molly. Yes, you were um, raised by your mom. Uh, my mother, I was saying about Dana's mother, like it sounds like mine, she was very like creative and she was a writer and she loved artsy stuff and always wanted us to do anything like that that we thought was, my brother was more artistic, you know, anything, comedy, anything. She loved it. She loved writing. So she mm-hmm. would always push that. But that the dad wasn't around. I yeah. think you had sort of 
uh, the reverse of that and mm-hmm. with your mom and you had a tough, uh, I think it's just funny because all these comedians, it, it just always sort of is the same type of story where it's just tough, yeah. you know? Yeah. And a lot of people have tough growing up. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, we're yeah. not, we're not, and they're not all comedians. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. It's, just, it's just, that's <laughs> yeah. why we're not that special in that regard. But I did, I was lucky to have a mom that was very, you know, she had it, dealt some tough cards, but she tried her best and the dad wasn't around. But I think the mom really tried to make up for it, you know? That's great. And she was great. Yeah. She's still around, thank God, because that's a tough one. And uh, I think She's that it just it sweet, plays mom. into everything, you know? Yeah. yeah. It only weird. takes one. It's like, I think. You need something, yeah. The, 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 if you have one good parent. I like the figure of speech. They say having a champion. Yeah. And when I was reading your book this morning, uh, yeah. your dad became your, your champion. Like, yeah. you can do anything. My yeah. mom was like that with all of her siblings. That's, you know. Yeah. So it was, we did, we were with all her children or all her siblings? With all her, all of us kids. Oh, with all of you kids. Yeah. She, that's you can so do great. It, you know, yeah. So she's supportive that way. And yeah. did she stay married to your dad? She did. She did. That's so mm-hmm. interesting. Interesting. You know, 1940s, yeah, 1950s. I understand. It's that generation. You don't yeah. leave. Yeah. Uh, well, well, let me ask you this. So, so she, um, so did <laughs> you feel like you had to be more like her? No, I kind of, I kind of took care of her. Yeah. Yeah. You I, did. I was her surrogate. That's husband. that's so interesting. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. That's I had that a little bit with my father too yeah. there's nothing to be embarrassed about with that oh no well, it was it's if, just n- normal codependency how do you how do you get attachment how do you get love and by yeah. behaving this way you get it you don't yeah. i went to therapy too maybe we went to the same <laughs> therapist you are i have to say i don't know how much more time we yeah, have yeah. we've already guessed quite like you you're really? so, so interested. interested in us and we love oh, it I, I, it's so interesting well you guys are so talented and and i have to say it's so fun doing the show because I would rather hear you guys talk. Yes. Uh, we would too. But we know that people who are to listening to, to this particular episode want to hear about Molly Shannon. <laughs> you know. Well, I like talking about anything like that because oh, I too. think that that's, it helps so much. I like mo- talking about it. it yeah. I, Therapy I, helps so I, much. Yeah. How long did you go? A long time. Okay. I yeah. went five years, but maybe I'll, I'll go back. That's great. Because he's driving me nuts. Molly's <laughs> got <laughs> such an interesting disposition because you're always upbeat and you're such a good listener and even we don't have to talk about it but when we were at that norm thing the other day um you're such a good articulate uh speaker and you speak from the heart about any subject and just we're out and you meet people uh, you're just very locked in it's very uh you don't see that a lot you think you do but you don't and so it's very uh uh and then your whole upbringing and just t- to this point, you're a comic. It's just, we're also been through the ringer in a weird way. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's funny because when you finally make it, you're like, what the fuck was that about? Like, <laughs> yeah. Was it worth it? But you're very, uh, <laughs> I just have to give you a compliment that when you're out and about, she's got such a good vibe about it. Everyone oh, loves this. You must have a sweet. lot of friends. Is if you're a curious person, people like that. That's a, You know what I was going to say, but don't you think, like sometimes I think going through that tough stuff when you're little does give you that kind of command of an audience, that control. Mm-hmm. You have to have some kind of weird skill yeah. to be able to, you know, do what you guys do, like, Get, get up and perform and know how to like hold a crowd. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not an easy thing. How do, yeah. how do you think your childhood gave you that ability to do, to have that special skill? Oh, God, these are really good questions. It's, it's, it's um, maybe attention. I've actually it's so been gross. recording this. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I'm going to use it for it my book. So <laughs> Hello, Dana. Uh, Hello, Dana. <laughs> that's funny. 
Well, hello. Oh Dana. my god, it feels so good to laugh. Uh, uh, one thing I will uh, think though is yes. I don't like. I feel like I feel like the healthier I become, I feel like. I don't want to keep going toward those old patterns of going toward pain or this or that you're yeah. not good enough. It's oh. like, oh my God, after a while. Oh, wow. yeah. You know what I mean? When yeah. you have your health and this and that, be happy, right? It's like, oh my God, give me yeah. a break. Well, it's a great thing. You I get. have to ask you about the, the yeah. show where you, uh, QVC, it's called I Love oh, sure. That For You. I Love That For You. Sure. And we talked to your lovely co-star. Sure, sure. Do you know we talked to your lovely co-star? You talked to Vanessa. I actually saw She's the so first nice. two episodes last night. I it's saw one. Really That's so good. sweet. Oh. I love when... You do characters, and then the character does a little character voice. Oh, no. It's so funny. <laughs> That's so such a specific thing only oh, you could oh, say. Yes. I love it. Just do a little bit, because your character's like, like talking, and then go, it's like, whatever you do. Well, she, you're, oh, uh, for the people at home. Yes. For the, I mean, in This cars. is on Showtime for with the, Vanessa Bayer. Yes, I love that for you. Vanessa's such Shannon. a doll. I love that for you. It's you a really play, quirky, cool, well, smart can, show. You say what it is. Oh, yeah. I play a host of a home shopping network, so and I'm like the queen salesperson, and mm-hmm. I... <laughs> can sell stuff like this is the cutest little jar of sugar you see you know and Vanessa taught me how to do it but this is what these women do and you they're very good at selling stuff very funny to watch yeah. yeah but Vanessa grew up watching it so it's based on her childhood and mm-hmm. Vanessa and, uh, Vanessa and I are both from Cleveland Ohio and Hilarious. Vanessa's another one who she seems almost like she could be a psychotherapist not an actress she's very yeah. calm in real mm-hmm. life did you yeah. did you yeah, find yeah. that yeah, yeah she's so grounded yeah, I could see why you two likeable. would connect yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and you she, Molly you saw one and she plays their, uh, the uh, QVC girl and it is kind of funny for you because I like it because it's very calming to hear those people talk like you yeah. said mm-hmm. and you're just so happy I could just drone on and watch them for a while because they're very interested in what they're talking about they're very interested in the audience yes. and they're just talking to you and they don't fucking stop and, it, and, it, and they showed Vanessa going through the audition process of that show and yeah. it seems very hard that show it made me scared to be on QVC because you you just got to run it, and then they have a a graph showing when the sales go down. <laughs> you yeah. say something wrong, and you go, and she accidentally uh, smells something and acts like it smells kind of bad for a half a second, and then yeah. they go, yeah. the sales fucking plummeted. Yeah, just I, now half a second because you didn't. I have ahead. a friend who trained for it for uh, his for a shampoo. A line, and he yeah. said he was terrible. But they they put you through training, and there's a certain type of language they have to use. But he said if you talk about like mama or God, the ratings go up. Like so that, my yeah. mama says, you know, yeah. this sugar's the and best. Boom. Oh. And thank God for you know church yeah, on Sunday. You know like sales. Tick, tick, tick. So there's a certain thing. <laughs> I wonder like, what we should say in this podcast to make our ratings I go know. up. Yeah. You don't say <laughs> Hallelujah, David. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my. <laughs> Praise. No, I don't want to say that. Um, so I don't, anyway. I, I don't go for ratings. Yes, I do. Uh, no, I do. Uh, Molly. We, so Molly, we how do you, uh, how, uh, so yeah. Do you like apples? <laughs> do you like apples? <laughs> What's your favorite? Have you ever? I know you like half chickens. Can I ask you a question? Have question. you ever at a dinner been to it like a group dinner and mm-hmm. just, there was like a little bit of a silence or a lull in a conversation, just said something just to fill the air? <laughs> David, you go first. Cool. That's all I do. That's, that's a good that's one. That's all you yeah. do. Yeah, I go. Do you like apples? I go. Well, I already asked you. Yeah. I go to. You, I go to. Uh, what's your net worth? 
That oh, gets nice. everyone going. That gets everyone yeah. relaxed. Have you ever encountered anything supernatural besides meeting me? <laughs> <laughs> and then people have ghost stories. And that I did that with Julia Roberts and Tom Hanks and these you, people at this Shakespearean comedy thing. We did ghost stories. That? What is that? Tom would have, you would go on and you would do Shakespeare, you, you, but you could do it any way you wanted. So oh. I was just doing it as like, hey, how you doing on Shakespeare? You know, it's, yeah, like, yeah. And it's a big charity event he does. And this was oh, 10 wow. years ago. So then Julia Roberts and all these actors and we're all around a table and it's be a little bit of like that small talk. Well, yeah. I think so, you too. And I go, have you guys ever seen a ghost or any supernatural thing? And then everyone has a story. Yeah. So wow. Molly Shannon. That's great. I ask you. Yeah, do you? Yes, have you ever story? encountered a UFO Something you or couldn't a explain that kind of freaked you out. Um, I, you, I lived in this apartment in Hollywood that go. Man Ray used to live in. I like your question, Dana. And um, when I was a struggling actress with my roommate Brian Donovan, and it had cathedral ceilings, and it was across an El Pollo Loco on the corner of Fountain and Vine. And Fuck I had yeah. just like a loft. I love that. Uh, That's scary know. over there. Yeah, a little I scary. I love that they're, El Pollo Loco. Hollywood. Old yeah. Hollywood. Franklin Hotel or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just Franklin. It's a bit sketch, though. And, um, and, um, we lived there together and I remember I had, we had a party and this guy this like guy was at the party was like them's ghosts in here and I, I, I said really? Where was he but, from? <laughs> he was from Arkansas Does that okay. scare you and, though about ghosts? That would scare no, me No because I didn't really believe but I would have dreams at night I don't know if it was sleep paralysis but I would have a dream where I was being held down in only in that apartment what? Yep. Did you have you ever had that? I've dinner? had it wow. at San Ysidro Ranch, which I made my wife. We left the hotel in the middle of the night. Wow! And I had it twice, and I'm yeah. like, "What the fuck but is that's this?" A push yeah. down, like a feeling. You've, they, it's from nightmare. It's the feeling of a horse lying down on you. Whoa. And then I had the house we have up in Northern California. It's from 1909. Yeah, and, and where my son's bedroom was, which he moved in with his brother. When I slept in there a couple times, I had it in there. Also, a white noise I had in there too. Why is everyone sleeping? When I was hard, I went, what the? Where's that coming from? No. Yeah. You're only those two things. But I'm not afraid of anything anymore, really, at this age. That's (laughs) so good. But what happened? So he says, ghost, did you meet the ghost? Yeah, that's all. No, but I would just feel like I was being held down, or I would feel like there was somebody at the edge of the bed holding my feet down, and then I would wake up, and it was only in that apartment. When I left, it never happened again. Isn't that weird? We got a call. We got to get Dan Aykroyd on this podcast. He loves this stuff. He does. Into it. Wow, that's so cool. He would so really cool. be fascinated by that. Oh my that's, But you weren't, I would be scared shitless. Yeah, I was a when little When I hear scared. any noises, I'm scared. And I had another scary thing at that apartment too, where there was in my bedroom a peeping Tom in the alley like I saw a head <laughs> while I was changing. And I was like, <laughs> and so then I ran out to the front and called the security guard. I was like, Andrew, Andrew, come here, come here. Hurry, hurry. And he came. Came into the door, and I almost have to get up and demonstrate, but I don't want to go away from the microphone. Walked in, and um, he came in, what, what, what? And then while he was in the door, he got in, and then he slammed the door shut with his foot, and it was within seconds that I realized, oh, no, that was him. And now I just let him into my apartment. Oh, wow. Isn't that scary? He was like this. I'm going to demonstrate. He was like, what, what, what? Molly's standing up. He's kicking her foot back. Scary? And now, wow. now you lock 
They get him in the room with you. Then he was in the room with it. But I I did quickly get him out because my, I just was like, oh, I figured it out. Then you realize he's the killer in the alley. Hell, I didn't see anything anymore. You can go now. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) 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 you you think there's a killer in the alley? Here's what he should have done, Molly. He should have closed the door while you were behind him. And he should have gone, he's not in the alley anymore. And then he goes, he's in your room and turned to you. Oh and then you would have gone, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did you ever see I that movie, When a Stranger Calls? Calls come from inside the house? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's me. I can't. Spade uh, lives alone can't. in a 19,000 square foot house <laughs> yeah. with no securities. Are you, David? Well, I definitely haven't seen any scary movies. I would not see it. You There's wouldn't no see chance. a I didn't see the Exorcist. Place. I didn't see any of the biggies. No. 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 Why am I inviting? I have enough nightmares. I want to add. No. No. Exactly. There's no more room. stressful. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah. All right, Molly. Let's let's Molly, get Molly out of here. She's yeah. Been, okay, great. Molly this Shannon. Great. We have one, one final question. Yes, she's, she's the greatest guest ever. What did you eat for breakfast, Dana? First, Jesus, <laughs> Dana first. Dana first. The same thing I have every day, Molly. I had uh, one egg and and one egg white. Mm. What a pig. Um, I had um, some <laughs> avocado I sliced up. Yum. I had a half piece of sourdough. You're gay. Toast. You're gay. You're gay. You're gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name That's of the so episode. <laughs> so avocado toast Yum. and those two things. And then my wife made a thing she calls a green drink, a little bit of pear Ooh. and spinach and stuff like that. And that sounds so What did you have? That sounds exactly half the kind of breakfast I yeah. Yes. I had a Gelson's half a chicken. No. I just had a smoothie. I had a banana almond milk smoothie right before I came. Ooh. David, what did you have? You know, uh the big story is when you said that about Gelson's when I moved out here to stay with the funny boys to do stand up. I had no money. Yeah. And I just had change. Yeah. And he goes, You can keep the there's change up on the counter if you want it. So I felt so embarrassed. But <laughs> when I went to do stuff, I would scrape the change and I went to Ralph's on Fountain way down there. Yeah. There's Ralph's or something. And then um I went and I got the rotisserie chicken and the thing. Same thing. And just took a heart. Because this is a lot of food I was for like, the Cujo, price. I ate a <laughs> And they come home, I go, oh, Cujo. like Cujo over here. I really went at it because yeah. I haven't eaten all day. Yeah. And then I, I know if I get a spot of the improv, you get a free pineapple chicken where it's like a little breast with a pineapple circle on top. Uh. Woofed. Yeah. Because yeah. that was it. You don't know where the next one is. Uh-huh. And so, well, like but that. this morning, eggs. Oh, eggs. Okay. Eggs, yeah. scram. Oh, and uh, scram. the only interesting thing, I've well done bacon. That's not that interesting. And then I have a Bacon, little what's your plain oatmeal, oatmeal, sir? A little plain oatmeal, no bread. Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, don't but wanna, I, I try not to eat too much wheat now. God, we're so no, old. Okay, sourdough. It's the most benign. Come on, it's Joe Biden. It's sourdough. Okay. Oh, it's just it's inflation. I'm doing Biden. Um, <laughs> it's inflation. It's just inflation. It's the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> is it a joke or what? is it no joke? It's no joke. <laughs> it's no joke. Oh, no, we're not getting around here. Biden's always Molly, saying it's uh, no joke. Final question. Yes. Oh, are we get the last one on her. If it, the decks are clear, the kids are great, everything, what's yeah. a Molly's super day? Like, wow. your mental health day. Ooh, this I like is that. Molly's day yeah. off. Uh, okay, I like that question. Um, I would de- I would definitely like to exercise because it relaxes you me. you go for a hike, Run, walk, run, a run. Oh, you still run. run. Yeah, I run. That's great. I ran this morning because it calms me down. That's great. great. I just can't do it anymore. I hike, you though. Oh, hike. Yeah. Well, hiking is up, so good. It has to go up a hill, though. That's amazing. Yeah. So you start out with the run. Running, and I would listen to a good podcast a or, or a, a good okay. interview or, okay. you know, the daily or f- NPR or Whatever. books on tape. So I, I'll do that while I'm running. Oh, okay. And then um, I also like swimming. So I, I, a good day would be to swim for it. one hour. Wow. Yes. You're my hero. That's what I want to do. It makes I've me feel been, so happy. I've been starting to try to attempt to do it because they have a little pool at this one house we have. Oh, that's so, so nice. So how do you, so you, where do you go, where do you swim? I swim, one? we have a pool in our backyard. So it's like 40 feet or 30 mm. feet, 40 um, feet? I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. That's so you get in and you for. go back and forth. Are you switching strokes? You wear uh, no, goggles? No, I just do the breaststroke the whole time and I also listen to interviews when I'm swimming. Do you get your hair wet? So how do you do that? I, I just Without have a getting spe- electrocuted. I just have a speaker. I don't have the earpods, but I just have a speaker. So I'm really like, you know. Oh, listen- you're kind of like this and it's, it's on, on the side exactly. of the pool. So you come out, what gets you yes. more just zen down, the run or the swim? Or is it just the two together? That's a really good question. Ooh, I would say, what do you think? I, I'm just coming on to the idea of swimming. So yeah. I feel like, especially if it's deprivation where you have earplugs and it's like people come out of the pool like, whoa. Yeah. In my olden times, my other times, I think hard cardiovascular breaking a sweat. Yeah. But basically, let's put it this way. Your perfect day is 10 a.m. and you're basically blasted in a good way. Yeah, exactly. After you're running yeah. your After hour swim, so, so you're just like this. And now what do you do? Exactly. Then I guess if it's like a perfect day too, I might go to a steam, get a nice steam or sauna, and uh, it makes me so relaxed. So and now I might you're bring super relaxed. <laughs> yeah, really relaxed. Well, you're asking like a really fun oh, day. Yeah. This is like no, I my, love this. This, this would be while my kids day. are in school if I have sure. a little bit of free yeah, time. The decks are cleared. Yeah. Then I would maybe I I mean if I, it's a dream day maybe I would. I, I mean, I haven't done this for a while, but I would love to go to a pretty park in nature and sit and do creative visualization. If you're asking for a dream day, like a meditative, yeah, meditative kind of writing. No, yeah, that's some I, writing. We know some part of these things you do all the time, but now it's loaded into one day. Yeah, loaded yeah. into one day. Yeah. But then, um, let's see. What, did you go out <laughs> to dinner with your husband? Oh my god! Well, that's later. Say after later, I pick up the kids. Yeah. Um, my husband likes to stay in and cook, so I don't. Uh, but I love, but, um, I love going out for dinner with friends. But he likes to cook, cook mm-hmm. dinner, and stay in. And of course, my ideal, my favorite thing is just spending time with my children. So yeah. they're seventeen and eighteen, and I, oh. I'm going to pick my son up today at school. Uh. And my daughter and I are going to get acupuncture today. So I like stuff like that. Yeah. You know, stuff that makes your body feel good. Yeah, do you everything watch, to make you feel better. Do you yeah. watch yeah. any entertainment? Do you watch movies? Do you watch dramas? When yes, you do? I just finished watching the drop. 
Dropout, Mike Showalter show with Amanda Seyfried. I oh, loved it. Okay. That was so good. And my husband and I love documentaries. Okay. We're watching um, Love on the Spectrum right now mm-hmm. on Netflix. Oh, Rosie's about, watching that. Yeah. We're getting yeah, some high fives in the room. Love yeah. on the Spectrum. Just watch Pam and Tommy. Um, was it? Did you watch? It was so funny. Tommy's sons bought my old house in Encino. Really? Yeah, oh, I just saw that. So cool. And, um, They're but, in my recording studio and in my pool. Oh my god! <laughs> but I'm happy that, for them. That, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and um, yeah, but no, yeah. My husband and I love documentaries. That's our favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So watching TV with your husband, hanging with your kids, hanging with sauna, my kids, jacuzzi, meditation, be at a, a park, bumps, relaxing, yeah. steam. Yeah. Okay, I like that answer. Yeah, That's, exactly. I'm, I'm relaxed just hearing that. Oh, good. And just hanging out in the house is so fun with my kids. There's nothing that makes me happier than just having a free day where you could just stay stay in your house and do whatever you want. Just, I love that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I love being a dad. I love, love that hanging out with my kids. Isn't it the, it's I the greatest. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's my Well, yeah. Molly Shannon is her... Tell me your book. It's called Hello, Molly. Yes. A great title. Yeah. Because it's that you can never forget it. I love oh, Molly. I don't you think? You. It's just yeah. so clean. It's yeah, not like my s- journey to the thing. Yeah, what was yeah. the name of your book, David? It it's wasn't stupid. Very good. It's not Hello, Molly. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it was, Mine's harder to What was it with. called? I think it was called... Oh, one of them was called... This is a good one. A Polaroid Guy in a Snapchat World. But... That's a, a Polaroid guy in a Snapchat Because I talk world. about how the difference is when I grew up. Now it is now. Everything's different. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I, I like that, that title. That's so I like it. But Hello, Molly's so clean no, and Molly's simple. Simple. Boom. Oh and God. it's off you the title. You can sing it. That's what's good. And you're also, I love that for you. Hello, yeah. Molly. Show She's won awards. Yes. You've worked consistently ever oh. since you left SNL. It seems like yeah. you're always doing stuff with Will. And you, they're hiring you for this and that. Now you're in this show. Life is good. Yeah. You're healthy. You can run. Oh. That's you can cool. swim, yeah, we learned. Yes. Breaststroke only. But you do or you do or you don't get your hair wet. That's what we, we other people want to know. If I have a nu- I know, I like that, that you're asking, David. If it's a nice blowout, I would probably toss it up because I wouldn't want to ruin yeah. it, I'm sure. And then sure. you're going above yeah, the water. Yeah, above. And yeah. just a very meditative yes. back and yeah. forth. Yes, with, with some good reading Smart. material. Maybe I would listen to a, right. listen to a New Yorker article on Autumn, the app. Whoa. I do Stuff like love that. that about modern digital technology. Isn't it the best? You, you're just you're driving and you can listen to World War II books and like so Hitler decided it was too late you know (laughs) know I I just can't get enough of that stuff is that right Dana oh I love documentaries too Uh, I kind of like everything I'm pretty if wife wants to watch The Crown I love The Crown and I like 2001 I see that every year when she's not around you know so I like I like all of it but I mostly like dramas and adventures and stuff yeah but uh did you see the original staircase documentary it's on netflix now that's excellent about the guy who maybe pushed his wife down the stairs yes yes that's a good one you know what those things if you want to look for dysfunction cow sills about a 60s pop band family band it's Mm -hmm. about their dysfunctional family very reminiscent of mine in, in some ways, but it's oh, also wow. their fame and their trajectory. The Cow Cells, I think it's called, on Netflix. Ooh, that, oh, that sounds yeah. good. I'm Ted Sarandis' um, cousin. Lacky. Yeah, so, wow. Uh, I also support Netflix on this podcast. Or <laughs> my special on Netflix. Hi, Ted. Hi, Ted. Call us. <laughs> All right, oh. bye, guys. Nice to meet okay. you. <laughs> okay, good. Yay. Yeah, we Part did two. it. Yay. You guys, thank you we so much. We did it. You my guys God, are good. Well, you're amazing. This is so good. <laughs> Hey, what's up, flies? What's up, fleas? What's up, people that listen? We want to hear from you and your dumb questions. Questions, ask us anything. Anything you want. You can email us at flyonthewall at cadence13.com.
Okay, from Akur Emil Kyber. What do you think of that name? Hakur Emil Kaber. Hakur Emil Kaber. It's a long one. Okay, hello, Mr. and Mr. Funny Dudes. It's mm. a funny way to think of us. That could have been the name of our podcast. Mm. Mr. and Mr. Funny Dudes? Ish. I've been a big fan of both of you since the 1930s. That's cruel. <laughs> no, 90s. Even though I didn't know what SNL was back then. Uh-huh. I'm an Icelandic. Okay. Said, okay. I get to the real, an Icelandic. Okay. I like that place. I am also a fan yes. of Chris Farley, and I still remember where I was when I heard oh. the news of his passing. Okay. Yeah, My question too. is, how do you think Farley's career would have panned out if oh. he would have lived? Would he have had a podcast? Would he be doing serious <laughs> movies like Adam Sandler or even collecting Oscars like Tom Hanks? Hope this email finds you swell. And with that, I'm going to get fucking warm. I have a stove in my igloo. No, sorry, go ahead. I don't think they live it's in It's freezing out there. If your country starts with the name ice, get a fucking polar tech or something. I okay? think Greenland's full of ice and Iceland's green. That's what I heard. Yeah. So I knew someone was But here's your real answer. Freezing land. What here's is your it? answer. You knew Chris better than I did, but I think... Um, he. I developed a movie called Beverly Hills Ninja. You couldn't do it today. For a year, I was going to be the Beverly Hills Ninja. I didn't know that. Yeah, I had read-throughs and everything. Really? Yeah, but it, that fell through, and then Chris did Beverly Hills Ninja. Yeah, and he was hysterical in it. So, I was just a well, fun fact. Just you know, I, I also just, turned down Tommy Boy. No, I didn't. <laughs> it's very, I very likely up. though. Uh, they wanted Dana for everything. I think Chris was a, a was a one-off as far as his brilliant physical comedy and and his. You know, sneakily very smart guy, obviously. <laughs> you know, Chris He's was a smart guy. Yeah. yeah he knew exactly he knew, what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. And uh, I think podcasts were down the line, but I think he would have done those big, com- by the way, those big comedies we all used to try to do are not as prevalent these days. They're very tough to get going. So he would have just adapted like Madonna over the mm-hmm. years. He would have always been funny. He probably would have had to stop drinking and, uh, then he would have just been. Would just he have a gotten butt guy. implants then if he's? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think um, he would have looked like a Kardashian at this point. He would have fallen for that whole. I thing. don't. Yeah, I don't know about that. Look, I mean, they all have injections in their asses, right? I mean, there's that's not natural. They right? always would say we don't have butt implants. You can take an X-ray. They don't say that. They don't mention they're like ish, ish, ish. They're putting like thirty it's gallons like of butt up, juice up, up, in there. Tire when you're a kid, <laughs> <laughs> it's like loading a Pelican. Ish, ish. Those last couple. But, ish. but we love the Kardashians. Yeah, but great. as I call them, the Kardashians. You know that Kris Jenner is managing all these people, and she's she's a brilliant businesswoman. You know, she sits around a table. You know, okay. she would be managing Farley. You're right, Chloe. I need an ass pick like yesterday. <laughs> High heels. Panties from behind. If I see another Mickey Minaj ass pick, I'm going to go nuts. Kim, David. let's see some black and whites uh, by Friday. And Courtney, take a picture of the guy. Have one more mm-hmm. wedding. We got to do a clean sweep, making an even 12. Caitlin, we got to take you back. But I don't want to go back. <laughs> We're going to put we you on this rowboat and push Kanye's you Kanye's the surgeon. But I don't want to go back. It's a billion dollar piece of business. Now, listen, bitch. You're becoming a man again. So I guess Chris would just be doing movies, <laughs> TV shows. Johnny Jeff got his life going. He would be the third. Greg Holtzman's laughing very hard. One in this podcast. Yeah. Now, we would have done maybe more movies. There was a movie called The Tree we liked. and uh, the, the, the main thing I would take away from fun. this question from Iceland is just we all miss Chris. And uh, yeah. he was just a lovely gentleman. And um, 
I remember just saying to my wife, we were living in up Upper West Side, and Chris got there. He got to meet Chris Farley. So sweet, you know. Mm. And uh, he did have the Midwestern. He was. You know, uh, had the, that Minnesota nice, even though he's from Wisconsin. Don't mess right? with the lady. Well, he always called me the lady. Yeah. Never, never, never didn't call me the lady. Him and Chris Rock, I don't know what that was about. Even Chris today. Hey, lady. It's the lady. And both were Chris's. Chris Rock, sure. Chris Farley only called me the lady. For the church lady. Hmm. Sounds uh, like the beginning thank of Thank you for your question and thank you for Iceland. And please send us a couple pictures so we know and I can educate Dana. The thing I love about Iceland, I'm not a good flyer going into Europe and I go, okay, Eastern Seaboard, we could, okay, Greenland, we could bail out. And then it's like Atlantic, cold, icy Atlantic. I go, we could always bail out in Iceland. Round up for you, Chris. Three cheers for Iceland. (laughs) Iceland, Iceland, Iceland. Beep, boop, boop. All right, I guess that's it. Thank you for your questions. Keep them coming. We'll keep the answers long. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. Production and engineering led by Greg Holtzman, Richard Cook, Serena Regan, and Chris Basil of Cadence 13.